Welcome to Digital Hospitality. I am your host, Sean Walchef. This is a Cali BBQ Media production. Today's episode is a repurposed episode of a coaching call that I had with my mentor, David Meltzer, and it's actually about repurposing content. We're going to start releasing some more of these episodes of podcasts that I appear on with other special guests, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Please write a review on your favorite podcast platform. Reach out anytime, Sean at CaliBBQ.media, and enjoy the show. This is Inside the Coaching Call with uh, Cali Barbecue Media and my mentor, Dave Meltzer. So I was first introduced to you when you were on AM Sports Talk Radio on the Mighty 1090 with Scott Kaplan. I was listening to your presentation. You were resonating. You were talking about things that resonated with me in business, in media, in sports and entertainment. And my next introduction was going to Twitter and Instagram to see what you were doing on those platforms. I was intrigued more. I followed you. Um, I reached out to Kaplan, who is a friend of the restaurant, and I thought maybe I should follow up. Maybe I should listen to the universe and follow up with Meltzer. That was my first introduction to you. I went on your YouTube page. I saw a video that didn't have many views, but it was your Super Bowl trip um, where you decided to come home early. You and I have had exchanges about content creation, making digital media, where you were when no one was listening to where you are now exponentially with 15,000 people in office hours. When when you and I met just in the end of December, I was coming up to Sports One Marketing with your incredible team sitting there. You were broadcasting at the time, repurposing content. I think one of the most important things that's happening now is people are working from home, they're on Zoom. Companies that are in the B2B space, typically aren't thinking about digital content creation and distribution the way that you do. Why should B2B business be looking into exactly what we just discussed? Because business is about serving a community and things have changed since we grew up and the community is now accessible via digital access. And that's the best way to get to the community, uh, the community of people who love barbecue, the community of people who love to be happy, the community of people that like sports, Uh, whatever the frequency is, the best way today to attract that community, join that community and live within the context of that community is the digital realm. And that's why I've encouraged you, of course, to have your digital hospitality uh, for people who want to build a business in a community around their business in a digital realm. Look, the last mile will always be face-to-face. It may be mask-to-mask, but it'll be face-to-face. The last mile is critical. It's always a place that with creativity you can find and make money within the last mile. But let me tell you this about the communities. We have never seen, nor can we fathom, how big a community we can build today. It's beyond our comprehension because we haven't experienced it. It's even within the evolution of what you've seen me do with my brand and my own perspective of how much content and how big that content can get and how far it can reach. And I'm just starting to realize how little I knew and how limiting I was. And if you are a tiny little business that sits in Spring Valley, San Diego, and you are serving a community of perhaps 300,000 people at best to understand that because you have valuable service that can then be translated, captured, modified, amplified, and perpetuated into valuable content, 
you someday may reach 300 million people and still 300 million people out of 4.4 billion and growing 20% a year is still a speck on the market and community size that you could have and the opportunity that you could have to transcend beyond just the beautiful taste of your brisket, but actually change lives, impact life, create social change with the community. I'm gonna use a San Diego example in a traditional, uh, when I was mentored by uh, Dr. Irwin uh, Jacobs at Qualcomm. Uh, I was a young CEO of a phone company, the first smartphone, and I was blessed to be around Paul, Jeff, and, and Dr. Jacobs. And I was touring around with Dr. Jacobs, and we went and they had this like Area 51 that has all the old IP, and he would just store IP for some day that it was going to be useful. And he turned to me out of nowhere and he said, David, what business am I in? I'm like, you're in the chip business. You CDMA, you're in the phone chip business. And he looked at me and said, no, I'm not. He said, I own the customer. That's the business I'm in. In other words, he was more interested, just like uh, Mandy Shaw, right? She's more interested in the people. Yeah. He wanted the community. And he said, someday if I want to sell insurance to the CDMA customers, I'll sell insurance to them because I've treated them and I've educated and empowered them and I've provided value to them. And I created a community and I'm the one who owns that community. You and every other business out there has an extraordinary opportunity. I mean, you know, when I remember going, God, I wish I was in the 50s. I would have started my own. Right. This is way better than being in the Way better. Way better. You, you you don't have to. God, I would have bought the whole block on Main Street if I just if I was in the fifties, I would have owned a Ford dealership, you know, and bought. No, this is way better. You can do all of it and so less expensive and reach so more people worldwide. So that's why I build a community, and that's why I went on that complete rant and diatribe because it's so important. It's the essence of everything I want you to learn, Sean. Well, I think one of the craziest things, we've had so many incredible opportunities to just meet with people who are highly successful that are running different, entirely different businesses in different spaces. So to a tech company in the restaurant space, a tech company in the hospitality space, yet they're reaching out to us, asking us, how do we create our content? How are we repurposing content? Why are we podcasting? Why are we putting things on YouTube? And what we've started to find is all these companies that are allowing places, offline businesses to become online businesses, companies like Uber Eats for the restaurant space, companies like Toast, uh, they need content too. Their marketing teams need content too. And when somebody like me, a single unit restaurant owner that's opening up more restaurants starts creating that content of why did I make a video, an unboxing video of me and my general manager un unboxing our restaurant tech gear, I did it for them. But that's a huge value to them because that's not made by them. It's made by me, the end user. And once I start doing that, I'm starting to realize all these companies, they need that kind of brand advocate. Why is that important? And how can a company that's in the B2B space get out of their own way and start bringing media in-house, creatives in-house to start producing content that they never thought they, they should? Well, because of frequency. Right. The frequency has three components. One is the strength of the signal. Two is the spectrum of who it reaches. And three is the clarity of the message. All three of those things coming together. Frequency is the organic self. I'm a sports guy. So if anyone's seen Bagger Vance and they talk about the authentic swing, when you take and capture you opening a box of, a, of one of your vendors, when you do that, that is your authentic swing.
And if you can capture it, modify it, amplify it, and perpetuate it, that frequency will carry a strong signal and a spectrum of a whole bunch of people going, wow, you know, that's something I'm interested in. I'm a, I don't know why I want to go see that Dave Meltzer, uh, that Dave Meltzer tweet. Oh, I'm going to go to you. Oh, this video has a hundred views. I don't care. I want to watch this super. Oh my God, this is great. Right. And those videos someday as they do now have thousands of views and someday they'll have millions of views. Same with your box video. You know, look at, I, I use this as an example because you're in this business. If you don't understand frequency, then go look at the lady that opens children's toys and tell me why she has 10 million views. It's even more than that. My son, my son watches two kids that have 25 million subscribers. Yeah, yeah. Subscribers, Subscribers, right? Yeah. So Sean opening a box has extreme value to a whole frequency, a channel that people are tuning into that have never seen that type of value before and have never felt that frequency, have never gotten that message. And what it's gonna do is compel them to learn more about Sean and about your business. And that's why all these businesses should come to you because they're going to double, triple, quadruple their business the same way that you go to that Super Bowl video and I promise you there's more than a hundred views. And people lose perspective. Don't, don't tell me. I wasn't trying to throw you under the bus. No, no, I love that. No, it's exactly what I do, right? I, I know, I know. I wanted two people to watch that video in a yes. year, but I wanted them to get me two more people every year so that in 20 years I have 2 million people, 2 million subscribers, right? And your, li- your lily pond is expanding too fast, David. It's crazy though, but this is how perspective people don't get it. I have people now tell me, right? Now tell me, oh my God, you you only got 60,000 views on that. And I said to them, you realize that's two stadiums, right? Every day, that's two stadiums of people that are watching that one piece of content, two stadiums. If somebody would have told me when I was a kid that anything I did would fill one stadium, I would have one opportunity for five minutes to be known in front of enough people of one stadium. It would have blown my mind. I think yeah. last week alone, I had 4.2 million views right, of my stuff in one week. Right, that's that's two San yeah. Diego's. That's two San Diego's. Right? It, it's, it's nowhere near where it's going to go. 25 million to watch a box. Yeah. But you've got to learn, you've got to shift your vision and you've got to use people like digital hospitality. You've got to use people that know how to capture amplify, modify, and perpetuate your content to draw business, attract awareness, and build your community. It's cheaper than ever. It's uncharted land. I mean, people, I'm telling you, there's so much going on. You have no clue. It's like esports. They have no clue in 20 years. I'm an Al Davis, literally. I feel like Al Davis of esports. They're gonna be like, he bought that. He he bought that team for 16 million dollars. Oh my gosh! You know, it's only 16 million. You know, yeah. they laughed at Jerry Jones when he opened his stadium. They're not laughing even with pandemic. They're still not laughing at Jerry Jones. So why through doing the act, why through creating the content and building the team to help you create the content, do you learn all the nuances that you have learned? Because by me watching that Super Bowl video, I watch you do what I do at barbecue festivals when I'm hosting events. It's not about digital marketing, about Cali barbecue. It was about digital media actually sharing the story of all my vendors, all my partners, all my customers, the barbecue teams that were participating in our events. Explain that process. 
Yeah. So what people want to see, and it's why reality TV works, and the original reality TV is sports, obviously, right? Well, why does people watch Duck Dynasty? Because they want to experience what that's like, right? It's a whole nother world. And you, through the process of doing what you do, you give somebody insight into the real emotional and pragmatic world that you live in. And that's how we learn the most. We're connected to each other. So I can get the subtleties of success. I can understand the value of the business. I can have a relationship with your products or your vendor's products or the people. I have now a relationship with it. Why? Because it becomes relative to me, right? The word relative is not a, a relational in the respect of just genetics. It's a relative is what is relative to me? Well, the only way things become relative to us is awareness. And so what you're doing is elevating awareness, frequency or vibration. We can only be aware of that which vibrates equal to or less than us. But by elevating your own vibration in others, we're raising the awareness that allows us to have a relationship and that relationship can be monetized. I mean, I have to take it to the sense of, of a business and that's the goal of a business is to make money, hopefully to help people and have fun. Like I believe, but even if it's just to make money, you need a relationship and the relationship is not just to you, Sean, right? My relationship is through you. I'm not ever trying to sell you. I'm trying to sell through you. Mm -hmm. Everything I do, the ideas, the frequency, the vibration that I have is not just a Sean. My whole vision in life is to empower a billion people to be happy, not to make Sean necessarily happy, but to empower Sean and a thousand people like him to empower another thousand people to power another thousand people. Never sell to the customer, sell through the customer and you'll have exponential growth and acceleration and no better way to do it than digital content. Can you so break that down? for your Super Bowl example, because what we say is that the Super Bowl doesn't have enough media coverage. And why do we say that? Because we actually believe that's true. With all the press passes and all the eyeballs on the Super Bowl, we believe that there's not enough media coverage. What you do and your team does specifically at this year's Super Bowl compared to what you've been doing and what you see people do, where's that missed opportunity and how can people start implementing that in their own business? Well, I think, you know, showing what actually goes on at a Super Bowl was my objective, right? And they, I think the video that you're talking about, it was the inside man of the Super Bowl, uh, that video from Forbes. And they did the inside something of Super Bowl, the inside man or whatever. And they followed me around. And what they showed was the experience of going to the Super Bowl, the charitable events, of meeting the celebrities, athletes, entertainers of going to the parties of, you know, what it's like to check in and walk the red carpets. You know, there, I don't think there was one shot of the game in that video. In fact, there wasn't because I know what I did, which was the most moving part was it was Atlanta Super Bowl and the Forbes guy was from Atlanta and Atlanta was in the Super Bowl uh, and it was in Houston, but he, he was from Atlanta and I sat down for the final piece and he said, so you go to the game? And I said, no, because I want to watch it with my son. That means much more. I've been to Super Bowls and I want to watch the game with my son. In fact, here's my ticket. And that made him cry. Uh, but beyond understanding the inside, now what did I do? I created relationship and still do because it's perpetual to thousands of people and someday millions of people because they know what it's like, the importance of your family over something that people maybe have on their bucket list that how could he actually have given up, you know, a 50 yard line seat to the Super Bowl to go sit on a couch with his son. 
And you know what? It'll resonate with people. It means something. There's, you know, those lessons and stories and light and love, emotion. You know, that's what you want to do. People bound emotion for logical reasons. And I've been able to create relationships, including with you, because of that. And it didn't have one lick of the Super Bowl in it. But it's a, one of the best Super Bowl videos out there. How do people get out of their own way when they don't feel like their business or their industry is Super Bowl worthy? How do they view their own event, their own industry event as their Super Bowl? Well, first of all, you know, <laughs> you it, it, you go just go and look at the 25 million subscribers on the people who opened up toys. <laughs> right. So, I mean, we can frame it however you want. Uh, you know, my Super Bowl videos don't get as many uh, uh, views or likes as people opening up toys. Sure. So, you know, it's a matter of knowing your audience, right? And and being you. There's plenty. The cool thing about this whole social platform is that I promise you, no matter what you like, I'll give you another one. Uh, pimple poppers. You know that late doctor pimple popper. Have you heard? No, of that? I don't know that, but I, I believe okay. you. <laughs> I'm gonna. Be, I won't say the name of my employee. So I I travel a lot, and I have a hairy back. Too much information. I got an ingrown hair on my back and it was nasty. So I'm like, I got to go to the dermatologist, you know, and my executive assistant. All of a sudden, everyone in the office is like, can I go? I'm like, what? Yeah, doc, it's to Dr. Pimple Popper. Can I video it? I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. We want to watch him pop it, pop it. And so I go online and there's this Dr. Pimple Popper, I think with 20 million subscribers. And yeah. they have a whole bunch of videos. <laughs> sure. So if you think your business is boring, if yeah. you think what you do is stupid or not Super Bowl worthy, the guy who's popping pimples has more viewers than Dave Meltzer ever will have. <laughs> is that incredible? It's just I absolutely incredible. Video gets as many as the pimple popper. Well, I mean, that, go, that goes to, you know, the Meltzer videos, the behind the scenes videos, you know, you talk about frequency and how those videos get so much more engagement than some of your other higher profile, um, great interviews that you've done for the playbook. Why, why is that? And why do you continue to beta test all your different types of piece of content? Because some people, they protect their RSS feed or their podcast feed. You take the different approach where you're adding more content, adding more value all the time. Yeah, it's because it's why the pimple popper gets more than the Super Bowl video. There's so many Super Bowl videos. There's so many people that have sat down. Like I saw, I got Cameron Diaz yesterday, right? She was an amazing interview. But I also saw her on Seth and I saw her on Trevor and I saw her everywhere else, right? Yeah. Well, there's only one Dr. Pimple Popper. There's only one guy opening boxes at Cali Barbecue. There's only one person opening up toys. You understand, right? Like, even though there's a lot more people interested in the Super Bowl, there's a hundred million videos on the Super Bowl. Sure. So you got to get through that noise. So I think it's really important that that strength of signal, spectrum, and clarity of message all taken to consideration. But not only that, your the way that you approach the interview with Cameron Diaz sets you apart from all the other interviews that she does, because it's I the same. Yeah, it's I hope the same so. way that I approach interviews, and which is why Cameron Diaz posted mine, correct? Right? And why we're interacting in DM, and why it means something to her because she felt the same way that it was a very special thing. And I take pride in the fact that most people that interview with me tell me, including including the greatest compliment I've ever gotten for an interview is from Katie Couric, who told me, David, 
you're really good at this. Uh, so I want to be, I've never heard that question before. I really, you, you know, I really love doing this when people are on tour, you know, promoting stuff. If they're telling you, I really love this, you know, you did a good job that, you know, I'm asking things that people need to know, not the same. How many touchdowns did you score? <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't care. <laughs> Correct. It's it's amazing what little things. I mean, I had uh, Alex Goldfain who just published a book on five minutes selling. Of course, I brought up you because he's talking about every single day, you know, doing an act, which is five minutes of proactively using the phone, the app that actually makes voice. But I brought you up. But nonetheless, he says, you know, he's going on 50 podcasts promoting his book. But I was the only person that not only read his book, printed out his book, but also did the homework that was suggested in the book. That seems basic to me. It yeah. seems absolutely that's why basic. Tom Bilyeu is such a good interview, right? Because that? That's why Tom Bilyeu is such a good interviewer, right? Like I sat down in the intro alone. I'm like, holy shit, this guy. <laughs> me. Like that's the best interview I've ever had. And you're yeah. the same way. Like you do, you do what it takes. And, and, you know, I have sheets and sheets of research that I do. I have research time, two different sections for an hour and a half every day, not just to research the Course in Miracles and my student of the calendar, but for interviews and for me being interviewed and to be more interested than interesting to expand that universe so I can put the things in the vacuum that I want to suck in there. Should every business and brand have a podcast? Every, no, not every business and brand. No. Which brands, which businesses would you advise having a podcast? I don't think it's about the the business. I think it's about you, your business needs someone that actually can, you know, create a frequency because you're just wasting your time. You could have a great business, but a shitty podcaster. <laughs> and no one's yeah. gonna watch. So it's more about if you have the right person, every business that has the right person should have a podcast for sure. Even though it's a million and a half right now and growing. And I will tell you when I started my podcast, which is a top 50, literally life podcast now, uh, meaning in the top 50 of all time, they told me I was too late to the game. <laughs> because there's, I think there was 300,000 or something podcasts and there's a million five now and it's going to be 3 million next year. Yes. There's plenty of room. Trust me. Well, I appreciate your time, Dave. Uh, as always, you uh, your food and your friendship <laughs> and your early morning text messages with the beautiful skyline Sun sunrise gratitude every single day. It's a way to say thank you. Right. It's a way to practice a, a Meltzer principle. You're the man. I mean, I am so proud of you. I love having you as one of my mentees and friends and I love your food. So thank I appreciate you. you. Thank you. Thank you.